0: Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The Rundown podcast has all of that and it's Chicago based. So you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Sasha Ann Simons and this is Reset. Between the political drama in Georgia and the storming of the U.S. Capitol by a pro-Trump mob, another story involving race and police was unfolding an hour north of Chicago. The Kenosha County DA announced the officers on the scene of the shooting of Jacob Blake, including the officer who fired multiple shots at Blake from close range, will not be charged with any wrongdoing. Activists and residents of Kenosha took to the streets to protest the announcement.
1: No justice, no No peace, peace. no justice, no peace. Each
0: and every day we get up and strap our boots on and get in a fight because we don't have a choice. Black
1: lives matter now. Black lives matter now.
0: Coming up, we'll talk with Clyde McLemore, the founder of Black Lives Matter's Lake County chapter, and we'll hear from one of the attorneys for Jacob Blake's family. But first, let's go to WBEZ criminal justice reporter Chip Mitchell. Chip, remind us of what went down in Kenosha last August.
2: Well, right away there was there was cell phone video of this shooting by police that was viewed around the world. It shows Kenosha police officer Rustin Shesky, he's white, it shows him following A black man, Jacob Blake, around the the front of his car to the driver's side door shows Blake reaching in to that open door and shows Officer Shesky shooting Blake. Three of Blake's children were there. There were seven shots, it turns out, and uh, the shooting left Jacob Blake paralyzed from the waist down, Sasha. Mm -hmm.
0: What's his current condition?
2: Well, his family says he was discharged from a Milwaukee hospital in October and that he is undergoing treatment at an Illinois rehab clinic.
0: Now, as we mentioned, Chip, no police officers in Kenosha will be charged for this. Talk about what officials said yesterday was the reasoning behind that decision.
2: Well, Kenosha County District Attorney, he announced the decision. It was a nearly two-hour presentation in the afternoon. And basically, he explained the incident from the perspective of the police officers on the scene.
3: Remember, these are police officers who are uniformed officers. They're called to the scene on a designated domestic abuse call. When they get there, they know there is an arrest warrant for Jacob Blake, and they take actions at that time. And the question, really, the only issue in this case would be, do they have a right to the privilege of self-defense? The question to a jury would be, did Officer Shesky reasonably believe that the shooting at Jacob Blake was necessary to prevent being stabbed by him or necessary to prevent someone else from being in imminent danger of death or great bodily harm? The burden of proof is on the state. It's on the prosecutor to disprove. I do not believe the state would be able to prove that the privilege of self-defense is not available.
2: So again, that's Kenosha County District Attorney announcing yesterday that there will be no charges against Officer Rustin Shesky. And so the point is that he had a knife, they say. Blake's family disputes that and that uh, the officer was in fear and um, and it was self-defense. I'll point out to Sasha that this self-defense argument is a common protection of police officers. We see it again and again here in Chicago when they shoot people on duty.
0: We see it everywhere. Um, I also saw a mix of outrage, Chip, and heartbreak from the public when the news dropped. And you were in Kenosha. Tell us what you were hearing and seeing.
2: Well, basically, uh, a lot of anguish. Members of Blake's family, uh, Black Lives Matter activists, They said they weren't surprised, but they also just talked about feeling hurt. And a lot of them, Sasha, talked about feeling exhaustion. But, um, you know, soon right away they regrouped and and, um, a lot of folks, supporters of the Blake family, dozens of them, they went back out into the streets last night. They've been protesting pretty much all the way through since August. Um, And they were back out on the streets last night leading a caravan through the neighborhoods.
0: What message do you think this decision Sends when it comes to police and accountability. We've been talking about that so much.
2: Well, the Blake family and um, its attorneys—they they had one basic point, and they said that the struggle for police accountability is a long one. You know that this is not just one battle. This is just one battle in a long fight, and they said that they're going to continue on in that struggle, and they encouraged everyone else to.
0: Well, as a precaution, yesterday the the National Guard was also sent to Kenosha before the decision, but the protests today were, were totally peaceful, right?
2: Yeah, I, I stuck with them. Uh, I was following them along until uh, about 8.30 last night and they were going throughout the city, neighborhoods all around downtown, including some wealthy ones a- along the lakeshore. And uh, there was not a heavy police presence in view. There was no unrest, no property destruction, nothing, nothing like that. I did see at the beginning of the caravan, a column of armored vehicles passed by. That was uh, a little bit uh, ominous. Uh, hmm. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers had mobilized 500 National Guard troops. I don't know if those armored vehicles belonged to the National Guard or the police, but there was some tension in the air. But ultimately, as far as I was there, it was, it was a peaceful protest.
0: I'm thinking about the family, Chip. Have, has Blake's family spoken out since the decision to, to not charge the officer who shot and wounded Jacob?
2: Yeah. So they, they were leading this car caravan through the neighborhoods and, you know, they, they, were, they were chanting stuff like, wake up Kenosha. And then after the caravan, there was a, a gathering back at the barbershop where they started out and, and Blake's uncle, Justin Blake, addressed the crowd.
1: I need you to go home, study your history, I need you to go home, eat well, love your family, say everything you can to your family and loved one when you go home tonight. Because guarantees not tomorrow. So that's why each and every day we get up and strap our boots on and get in a fight because we don't have a choice. As a Blake family, my father, we just don't have a choice. Everything we see, we sort of got to get into. So I thank God for this opportunity that we could be the conduit to y'all and for y'all to embrace it and understand what we're talking about for you to be impactful in your community, be the hero and the angel in your own community. Stop letting them have the power because the power's in the people
2: again, that's Justin Blake last night. He's the uncle of Jacob Blake, the man paralyzed by a Kenosha police officer last August, Sasha.
0: Yeah, so powerful. You could hear the, the frustration in his voice and mm-hmm. the anger. They're going to seek civil action in this case. Tell us what you know about that, Chip.
2: Jacob Blake's attorneys say they will bring a lawsuit against the city, at least the city as a defendant, and they say it could focus on Officer Szczeski's alleged negligence um, and his training. They didn't go into great detail, but we did hear that much.
0: That's WBEZ criminal justice reporter Chip Mitchell, and we're talking about the latest on the news surrounding Kenosha. The officers in the Jacob Blake case have not been charged by local authorities with any wrongdoing. Chip, we're going to keep you on the line, but I want to bring in another voice into this conversation. Clyde McLemore is the founder of Black Lives Matter's Lake County chapter. He was also in Kenosha yesterday following the Jacob Blake decision. Clyde, welcome back to Reset.
1: Hi, how are you doing?
0: Doing very well, Clyde. Thanks for making the time today. What was your immediate reaction to the news that no officers involved in this shooting will be charged?
1: Well, I wasn't surprised because we knew uh, about a long wait and what's been going on in Kenosha before Jacob Blake. Police have been harassing uh, black and brown people throughout the community for decades. Uh, their system is all the good guy game. As far as the state's attorney has never been challenged. He didn't have a—nobody did run against him. The mayor has never been challenged. So what they thought was that this shooting— that we'll have a few days of protests and we'll go home and and it is over with. No, that's not the case because Jacob Blake is the icing of the cake of what's happening around the country. America is in a state of emergency Mm -hmm. uh, as far as black people are concerned, as far as police training and things like that is concerned. A week before the finding came out yesterday – They had already shut down the town, put cinnamon blocks out and everything. We knew then what was going on. As far as the National Guard's coming, that didn't scare anybody because National Guard's can only protect federal buildings. They can't come out and arrest nobody or nothing like that, no protesters or nothing like that. But we was not violent. We protested in a nonviolent area. Well, Clyde, you also...
0: You you say this has been going on, you know, for years, decades even. Tell us a bit more about that.
1: Well, Kenosha is a city where they like to keep their citizens under control. It's more like a 40 to 50 percent black and brown people in the community. And there's no black and brown people in their municipality offices. Uh, they pick and choose who they have to keep the community quiet. For years, I've been getting calls from uh, citizens up in uh, Kenosha. Also, I had an apartment in Kenosha myself, even though that we are in Lake County, which is right outside of Wisconsin, which is right outside of Kenosha. I even stayed up there because of, uh, you know, property taxes was cheaper and stuff like that. But I came on back across the border and moved back Because the way the police are up there, they will stop people randomly. Uh, It's been cases where they have suspected somebody that looked like somebody that they suspect, put them in a car, beat them up, and then drop them off and don't charge them. There's a couple of cases like that. But we never really had a shooting until the Jacob Blake. And it was all on video. And I don't see why the DOJ didn't come in, you know, and do the investigation, because we knew how they was going to do. It. They're part of the good guy gang.
0: Well, after this decision by the Kenosha District Attorney Clyde, how do you want to see the Black Lives Matter movement respond?
1: Well, I've been talking to uh, the uncle, and I got a well, right now, we want to take this to Washington, D.C., and have the Supreme Court To come in and uh, we're calling on them to come in and take over this case, this investigation, bringing in the DOJ to have it reinvestigated. As far as locally, what I would like to do, I like to keep uh, consistency on the protest let them know we're not going away. Even if we have to go to the district attorney's home and sit out there like we did with the Laquan McDonald in Chicago and we went to Ron Ron Emanuel's house, we could go do it at the state's attorney's house and the police officer's house. Let them know that we're not satisfied with the findings or nothing like that. But he will shoot again. He will shoot again.
0: Wow. That's Clyde McLemore, the founder of the Lake County, Illinois, chapter of Black Lives Matter. Clyde, thanks again for your good work out there and and for joining us today. Thank you. Still with us is WBEZ criminal justice reporter Chip Mitchell. Chip, we also got news yesterday about Kyle Rittenhouse, the teenager from North Suburban Antioch, who shot three people, killing two of them during the Kenosha protests after Jacob Blake was shot. Now, he's pleading not guilty to seven charges related to those events. What's the latest on that?
2: These Rutenhouse shootings took place August 25th. The arraignment was yesterday in the afternoon, actually just two hours before the charging decision about Officer shesky was announced. Oh, wow. um, in a separate case, as they say, this arraignment took place. As expected, he pleaded not guilty to all seven charges against him. Now, Sasha, the most serious one is the Wisconsin equivalent of what in what in Illinois we call first-degree murder, and that carries a penalty of, of life imprisonment. Um, Rittenhouse just turned 18 on Sunday. He was 17 when he shot these three people during the protest. He appeared in the hearing via Zoom, um, as he has in the past, uh, from his attorney's office, and he spoke only two words very briefly when he was asked uh, whether he understands that the conditions of his bail remain in effect. He answered, Yes, sir. And that was all we heard from him. And uh, his attorneys have argued that these shootings were acts of self-defense, that he is a patriot who was just trying to protect the city during civil unrest following Blake's shooting.
0: Well, briefly, before I let you go, Chip, how far away are we from that case being resolved?
2: Well, the hearing commissioner yesterday scheduled a trial to begin on March 29th. But the prosecutors, they seem to agree with Rittenhouse's attorney that that date will be pushed back. They haven't even started discovery yet. The defense will likely have many pretrial motions, and it'll take months and months to litigate those, I expect. So I would not expect the trial any earlier than summer, and it could be longer than that even.
0: That's WBEZ criminal justice reporter Chip Mitchell. Thanks for joining us, Chip. My pleasure. Now, I want to turn to one of the attorneys for Jacob Blake's family. Joining us now is Patrick Salvi Jr., he's managing partner of Salvi, Shostick, and Pritchard in Chicago. Attorney Salvi, welcome to Reset.
4: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for making the time. What are you hearing from the Blake family this morning?
4: Well, we all feel the same way about what happened yesterday. Uh, we're disappointed. We're disappointed that uh, charges were not brought against Officer Shesky. We feel strongly that a case should have been brought for attempt murder and reckless endangerment. Uh, The elements of attempt murder are clearly met. Uh, That is, that the officer acted in such a way uh, that he uh, intended to do great bodily harm to, to ultimately kill Jacob. There is an exception for a police officer when when he believes, reasonably believes, that he is in fear for his own life or in fear for the life of somebody else or great bodily harm. With respect to that question, it would be, I think, difficult for the officer to argue that he feared for his life when he shot, when he chased Jacob around the car, grabbed on his shirt, and pulled him back as he fired into his back uh similarly with respect to reckless endangerment uh we feel strongly that a case should have been brought because if you look at the video what you see is that there are five one child and four adults behind the the car basically in the trajectory uh, of officer shesky's shots in addition to the potential for ricochet within the vehicle given that there were children in the vehicle, and given the fact that Officer Shesky, by the time he was done firing the seven shots into my client's back and paralyzing him, uh, was looking to his left and had the gun cocked to the side like you'd see in a mob movie. So uh, with all that, we're we're very disappointed. We look forward to uh, pursuing the civil case we're unsure as to whether any federal charges might come or if there are any other possibilities for criminal charges. That's something that uh, there's some discussion about. But uh, from my perspective, in terms of what my expertise is, I do look forward to bringing the civil case along with my co-counsel, Ben Crump, and the rest of Jacob's legal team.
0: Police have insisted that Jacob Blake was was armed with a knife, and it's hard to tell from the video he doesn't appear to be brandishing or waving a knife, but police say that there was a knife. What role does the knife play here?
4: Sure. I think the role the knife plays in this case and what you heard yesterday uh, from District Attorney Gravely and Chief Ray, the consultant on use of force, is it's their excuse. They have uh, a young man who, according to witnesses, those of whom I've spoken with, much of which is confirmed in the investigative file, which we continue to review. It was only released yesterday. But many witnesses that call this simply a beating, there really wasn't much in the way of any sort of announcement, nothing in the way of de-escalation or discussion, just simply hands-on abuse from, from the moment the officers got on scene. And then from there, Jacob, of course, understanding that not many months before George Floyd had been killed at the hands of the officers was simply trying to protect himself, but never not once uh, did he seek to do that with a knife.
0: Before we have to say goodbye, how is Jacob?
4: And thank you for asking that question because it can't be lost on all of what's going on. Um, He's paralyzed. He's going to be disabled for the rest of his life. Might he recover some neurological function in his lower extremities? We certainly hope so, uh, but he will never walk again. In addition to that, because of the manner in which his spinal cord was injured through a blunt force trauma shearing of central nervous system tissue, he's going to be left with a chronic and devastating pain condition. That's the way the body works. When the central nervous system tissue is injured like that, it creates tremendous pain. He deals with that on a daily basis. Uh, So he has a horrible injury. Maybe the worst a human body could suffer, short of a brain injury. Uh, he'll continue to fight with respect to his rehabilitation, and he's done that. Yeah. Uh, but there's no doubt about it; it's a, it's a bad injury.
0: That's Patrick Salvi Jr., co-counsel for Jacob Blake. Thanks for taking the time today.
4: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: And that's today's Reset. For more great conversations like this one, head to our archives at wbez.org slash reset and take 30 seconds and leave this podcast a rating and a comment. It really helps other people find us. Thanks for that. And thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we'll meet again tomorrow.